welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Aaron Herrick, National Hand Safety Program Manager for Superior Glove, about the importance of hand safety. This episode is sponsored by Superior Glove. Superior Glove is a leading innovator in the design and manufacture of safety gloves, sleeves, and complementary PPE. Since 1910, they've been protecting workers across the globe with specialized hand and arm protection for every major industry. Their products are engineered at their headquarters in Ontario, Canada, with teams in production facilities across Canada, the United States, Mexico, and Central America. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Aaron Herrick, National Hand Safety Program Manager for Superior Glove. Welcome to the program, Aaron. Thank you, Jay. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, thanks for being here. And before we kind of start talking about uh, hand injury prevention, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and Superior Glove. For sure. Um, again, thank you so much for having me and happy to share some of the great attributes of Superior Glove, the PPE, the hand safety, and the importance of it, right, in every industry and uh, how it affects every team and every and every worker um, and the benefits of it. That being said, I've been with Superior Glove now for about four months, but been in the safety industry for most of my career, I'd say 20 plus years. Um, I am the National Hand Safety Program Manager, uh, looking after USA and Mexico. Uh, we're part of a team of three. We also have one in Canada, looking after all the Canadian um, customers as well for the Hand Safety Program. And what we do is uh, really work with large, multi-site, complex uh, processes organizations. Uh, we work with their EHS teams and we um, partner up to really take a deep dive into their EHS and health and safety programs uh, with a focus on hand safety. And what it entails is really doing a deep dive in the process, in the standards, in how they communicate, in the actual applications, what are the actual works being done, some of the risks and hazards in the um, work areas, and provide a comprehensive report detailing all our observations and what this does is really help organizations reduce and remove if possible any risk of hazard to the to the worker right so our our goal end of line goal here is zero injuries zero reportables zero incident reportables that's what we want to achieve and help organizations achieve in summary that is what we do gotcha um, Thank you. So, I mean, it it may seem uh, obvious, but why is hand safety such an important issue for businesses? Right. Um, in reality, it seems all injuries are 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 very critical, right? And, and mm -hmm. some could be worse and more than that. What, what we're talking about is what are the most common hand injuries are the most common injury that we face and that we see in the workplace, right? We want zero injuries. Make sure we know about whether it's a toe, a finger, a hand, an eye, an ear, whatever it could be, a hair off your 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 head. You know, uh, we don't want any injury. But hand safety and sorry, hand injuries is one of the most common that we see out there. That is what um, we really now being a expert in hand safety, being an expert in uh, hand injury prevention and protection. This is really our focus and this is our expertise our forte and really where we can drive lots of support towards and resources towards 
uh, our customers and uh, support them uh, with that. On top of all that, on top of the risk of the injuries and what we do and how we protect them, uh, it is also very costly. Some of these injuries that we see, all injuries are costly. Let's not fool ourselves. Everything is very expensive and costly and, and has many different layers of costs associated with it. It's hard cost and soft cost. But if we're able to work with these organizations to kind of prevent and support and provide additional layers to help them reduce that, we are saving not only on the organization it's good for the organization's bottom line and top line but imagine of the team member and the worker in the field that gets that uh direct understanding and feeling that the the company i work for cares and really uh, will do everything to keep me safe i want to go home safe at the end of the, my shift and if I feel the company is there for me, I will help me prevent. This is the kind of organization I want to stay with. So there's many, many different layers of why it's important. These are just some of the key factors that will help and affect that. Uh, and how can PPE help prevent hand injuries? So PPE, very important uh, layer in and step in the uh, protection of, of employees, right? And it could be a hard hat, could be safety glasses, could be earplugs, could be safety toe boots, and we know all these. It could be a, a coveralls that are FR, could be a, a, a fire resistant, fire retardant. So all these different layers of PPE are important to a worker uh, and to make sure that they have them on if that is what the, they need going into that workstation. But this is the thing. There's actually multiple layers of protection needed uh, and multiple layers of actions that an organization can take. PPE is just one of five or six uh, actions that the company can take, and here they are. For the first one, the first key is if there is a hazard, we can eliminate the hazard, right? If there's a hazard in the place, if there's a back on, you don't want people to walk through that, you know, or a, an underlying crane, or you can put a barrier, you can put all kinds of, you could remove the hazard. That's the first step. Not always possible, but that would be the first step. Second step would be replacing it. If it's something that is hazardous, you know, that is causing a risk or a hazard in the world, could we replace it with something less hazardous? Can we change what is actually being done or adjust it to where it was at. The third thing would be uh, engineering controls, which is typically what we call isolation. Can we remove the hazard and put it in the corner somewhere where nobody goes and block it off, lock it up, build a wall around it, <laughs> and kind of isolate it completely? Can we mm -hmm. remove it completely? Sometimes it's just not possible. But again, that is one of the other steps. Um, administrative controls is another layer before the PPE comes into play. Administrative is can we train people you know if you're using heavy tools heavy equipment if you're using anything right that that, that a team member will need in their uh, uh, during their shift and during their work is there anything we can help them train them give them awareness give them additional resources to help to show them what is the proper and correct way to how to or not to what to do what not to do right when doing this particular work around this particular kind of equipment machinery or moving parts that's another layer. The last layer of that is PPE. 
is your hands. If you can't remove the hazard and you can't remove the work and you can't isolate it because it needs to be in the line of production or it's a critical part of the of the process and fabrication um, for whatever the manufacturing is, for whatever the, the, the business is. And if you can't and, and you can always provide training. So that's one thing you can't you can't remove, let's per se. The mm -hmm. one key things of all these processes is the training. We can always add training. You can always reinforce. We can always do morning lineouts and education and share with them and make sure the people are fully aware of where they're going, what they're going to be doing, what are the hazards going to be done. Those are that is something that we should never kind of say we cannot do or we should do less or it should always be. Is it really done adequately? Can we do more? That's the real question is what can we do more? The more knowledge we give, the more training we give our people, the less the potential for the more they know, the less the less there's a potential for hazard risk and, and injury. The last level of defense, like we said, is PP. If we can't do any of these things and we've done all the training, we provide them the proper adequate equipment that will at least from what the ANSI and OSHA standards will say, will protect the worker as best as possible, meet and exceed the standard. Right. But PP is really the last line of defense mm -hmm. of all those steps in a worker. Those are uh, some of the key factors that will help prevent injuries overall in a workplace. Do, is uh, our hand injury such a problem just also because people just kind of take it for granted? You know, they're using their hands with, you know, just about everything they do. Is it just something where, you know, you're thinking about you think more about Oh, I got to protect my head. I've got to protect my you know, I got to wear goggles, protect my eyes. But you don't necessarily think about, you know, oh, I, you know, I should probably be careful about picking up that sharp object. You know, like, is it just sort of like, a, you know, we, we just take our hands for granted sometimes? Correct. I'll add one more comment to what you just said. There's an expression we old habits die hard. Oh, I've been in the trade 30 years. I've handled this particular bandsaw, screwdriver, hammer, drill. I mean, I'm just giving names of tools. It could be anything, right? I've been doing this for 30 years. I've never had a problem. That's the danger. Yeah. Complacency. And if we put our experience and not keep it what we call, we, we don't stay sharp anymore, right? We are leaving it to our, ah, it's kind of in second nature to me to, I know how to handle this particular thing. That is what really creates a risk. Because if you drop your, what we call scope and level of attention for even one minute, if you move your hand or you're, you know, uh, in the wrong direction for even in, in a matter of misattention uh, for even one second, that's what, that's what can happen. And that's where the injury can happen. So, yeah, very, very important to have that kind of focus, very important to have the kind of uh, training and more importantly, be self-aware that even if I do have 30 years of experience in the trade and I've been using these tools and handling this equipment and I know my job, I've been here 15 years already, sir. I know my work. Well, be sharp, be aware, stay on top of it and and uh do a do a be um, uh, proactively participate in the morning trainings and the morning lineouts and always be sharp because complacency and that one second lack of attention or that overly comfortable um attitude is what can potentially create a hazard for a for an injury those are some of the key important parts um, and you mentioned uh, earlier, you know, that hand injuries are, are pretty costly for businesses. How much do they cost 
uh, you know, sort of from a dollar standpoint. Sure. There's, it is very costly. Let's put it like that. But I'm going to give you a dollar figure, and then I'm going to we talk hard hard costs and the soft costs. So imagining from a organizational standpoint, you have. God forbid something happens, you have an injury on site. The line has to stop, the business has to stop, that whole, usually that whole department has to shut down. We have to do an investigation. We have to take care of our employer. We have to uh, send them to the, to the ER. We have to do, God knows what that will cost. So an injury can cost from 10, 15,000 for a tiny little slip of a finger. If you lose a whole, God forbid, you lose a whole hand or something like that, an injury to a whole arm, you're in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. So, those are just the initial costs, if you want to call it. But think of it as, again, the soft cost that it, the company will incur. And that is the morale will go down. They lost their buddy. Uh, they seen, you know, a horrific, potentially traumatic injury right in front of them. It's their friend. What about the family? What about the direct cost of the families, right? Um, and for an organization, of course, the morale, right? Did they provide them the right train? Did they know? Were they, you know, providing the best, mm-hmm. right, of the uh, equipment and the best training? Were we really at bar, or do they, or do maybe they're gonna feel, oh, you know what? It's part of the job. It's part of the work. And you know what? This, the, you, hey, look, we're just a number here. Nobody really cares. So you have to be careful with those kind of factors. And that's only the hard costs, the soft costs, right? It's not only the dollar spent on the initial. And the compensation and the workers comp and the insurances and all those other things that come up, but also so the ongoing long term soft costs that you know, how will the employees feel? Are they going to feel motivated? Are they going to feel secure? Are they going to feel safe? Are they going to be able do they want to come to work after that? Right. right? After right. seeing all those, these are some of just the tip of the iceberg, really, of the cost when we speak about hand injuries and the cost of the injury. These are some of the key factors. Right, that will really affect the team member, the family, the worker, the coworkers, and the organization as well. And we want to work uh, hard to prevent those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you mentioned the iceberg. Uh, let's talk about the iceberg effect. What is that, sure. and sort of how does that impact businesses? Right. So the iceberg effect is really cool. It's 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 very straightforward in terms of if I break it down simplistically. We all know what an iceberg is. It's a big chunk of ice in the middle of the ocean, right? And we usually find it in the Arctic, and ships have to be careful walking through, uh, uh, navigating through it, right? Mm -hmm. This is the thing with iceberg. There is a pretty portion that we see on the top of the water. It's really the most damaging parts is going to be what's below the water, what we don't see. So in its most simplistic terms, it's what we see versus what we don't see. Now, let's Mm -hmm. take that towards what we compare that to injuries and safety and related hazards and incidents in the workplace. Statistically, there is about 70, 60, 70% of smaller type incidents that never go reported. Oh, I burnt my hand a little bit. I nicked myself. I just cut my nail. I just, they will never get reported. These are only the bigger injuries usually, or the bigger hazard, the bigger, uh, uh, incidents get reported is what we see. Most of the small things, and we see it every day when we're doing our hand assessments that we're going to see large or type organizations across any industry, any vertical, it doesn't matter. We see all of this type. Well, wh- why are you getting burnt on your hand? Why are you getting nicked and cut? Show me your arm. You have all kinds of little lacerations on your arm or, or heat marks on your arm. Why is that happening? 
right? Oh, it's part of the job. <laughs> this is what we don't say. It is not part of the job, and it should never be part of the job. Now, this is the thing, and I, this is what we try to explain. So, again, when you see what you don't see, the reportables versus the non-reported, and the incidents that happen and the incidents that could be prevented. So imagine if I don't report to you 70% of what I'm doing in my day or what's when I'm driving all the hazards, how are you going to help me train me to be a better driver? How are you going to help me train me to be a safer worker, a safer employee, a safer team member, not only for me, but for my other team members, if nothing gets reported, if only 30% of the heavy injuries gets reported, right? So this is the iceberg effect. We have to make sure that when you're going around and when larger organizations are really doing their health and safety programs, that they are aware and they continuously go around and put their eyes on the actual applications and the work being done, how it's being done, and do it on a regular basis. This will help us avoid that iceberg effect, right? The more you go and you see and you observe, you can take away some of those unseen, unreported, un, you would say minor incidents right. and reports, right? The long-term is if you keep getting that particular burn, that particular cut and that particular thing, one day it could become much worse. Yeah, now it's just a two-second touch. Okay, it was just a little, you know, you got seared a little bit for two seconds. Mm -hmm. Imagine if it stayed on for 10 seconds. What if you, right? It could be a lot worse. So we want to make sure that everything we do is avoiding this iceberg effect and actually flipping the script on it. We want everything to be reported. You want everything to be seen. This way, you can protect a team member, you protect a coworker, you protect the organizational morale, and people feel great about coming to work every day, knowing that this organization is doing everything they can to bring, let me go home at night in one piece and safe to my family. That is the key to the iceberg effect and how important it is. Uh, are some of these injuries not being reported because workers are afraid of being punished or, you know, uh, demoted or anything like that, you know, just for for making mistakes uh, on the job? Right. There's multi-layer answer to that question. Every organization is different than every open and open in communication. Right. So this is such a key point you just brought up. Open communication. Every organization says we are the most open, most communicable, most this, most that. And mm -hmm. we have an open station. You can drop, uh, what do you call it, uh, comment notes in every corner. We mm -hmm. have a box for comment notes. Number one, how many people are dropping comment, mo comment notes? Number two, how many people are opening them up? How many leaders or managers are well, once a year? Are they actually being actioned? Or is it too costly? Or is it even I'm taken out of their, t uh, their schedule to do it? Generally, and I'm not saying this in a negative way. What I'm trying to say is organizational EHS leaders, senior leadership, A, B, C, executive are very, very busy managing the business at hand. Health and safety teams are very, very busy managing the overall, the standard, the process, the work, the training. There. But they are very, very busy. To the other side now from the coworkers. And they will usually action something that's being done. If you bring and come up and tell them, hey, there's a serious hazard, there's a serious. Yeah. The problem is if you get complacent. So now I'm going to go to the team member and the worker. Ah, it's a small cut. Don't worry, Bob. You'll be okay. Ah, I got that all the time. It's a little. Oh, you 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 shook your hand. The vibration hurt you. Or the impact kind of. I get that all the time. Don't worry about it. It's part of the work. It's just you know that's where you got. It. That's what we have to do. You know this is part of the process <laughs> here. 
the danger is that the communication, right? So most of the people won't report it for that reason. Ah, do you want to be the that guy, right? And if you want to speak right. to it, very don't be that guy. But in the safety world, we have to be able to take away those taboos and those perceptions of negativity or those perceptions of you're a weak or those perceptions of you're causing trouble or a disturber or you want to change the process. You know, no, 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 we're not. And what we but that's the way we could be perceived. What we really want them to feel is we want to reward you for coming because you are keeping the organization safe and in the long term, short term will help us save lives, save injuries, save time, save money, save costs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes, that is that two part. Right. Yeah. Um, but open communication from an organization down and supporting that from the worker up, making sure that there's completely open and unfettered access to leadership, health and safety teams, and reportables, right? And actionables, and you also have to put the proof in the pudding. If I do report it, does something ever get done about, it? oh, it was Bob reported it six months ago, nobody even looked at it. I think the paper's still in the box. How does that help? Right? right. So different layers of necessary, different layers of urgency, different layers of. But when it comes to health and safety, we always have to have that sense of urgency. We also always have to have that open communication. And those are the key. To having a safe workplace and always improving what we call CI. Right? I'm sure everybody's familiar with CI, continuous improvements, uh, something our friend Jack Welch, we all know from GE, uh, is the implementer, right? And started and he started right at the bottom on the workplace, in the plant, in the field. It started right at the bottom. So I need continuous improvement processes coming up from the bottom up every day. I want that feedback. I want those notes. I want those comments, not only to help me be more efficient as a business, more productive as a business, and how to get more product out the door and help the team member, you know, produce more and all that. That's for the bottom line. But how do we do that for a safety process, right? Making sure we have that same continuous yeah. improvement process for health and safety as well is key. Uh, and not just injuries, but near misses too, where, you know, just be, you know, just because nothing happened, something could have happened. And, uh, you know, if you report those, you know, the, the point in the process where that, you know, there's some near misses that can be improved as well. Absolutely, which comes back to your iceberg effect. I just swung over my head. It was five feet. Do I need to say something? No, no, I won't. Nah, you know what? No, we're, you can't think like that. And that's the iceberg effect, right? So open communication, that's how all those different processes will help achieve exactly like you mentioned, Jay. It's all about the communication. You have to report. We have to write it down. We should send it up to leadership to make sure that we will never have an incident that, oh, well, you know what? Bob saw it five months ago, but never said anything. And now we have a, an injured uh, team member on the floor here, which it, we're going to have to work. We're going to have to unfortunately attend to, but it was preventable. Yeah. So those are the key things. Actually, great point. Yes. Um, how should safety departments approach hand safety in terms of policies and procedures? We just again touched on a couple points. That's a great question. There's many layers to that, but most importantly, I'm going to say is communication. More importantly, is open communication. Fear of no, I won't say retaliation, right? But the retaliation is the wrong word for this. But I'm going to say fear of maybe ridiculous, being looked at ridiculously, right? It's like, hey, man, don't, ah, it's part of it. Don't worry about it. No, you know, it, it's it, small nicks, tips, scratches, lacerations, burns, seams, this, that. Uh, it's part of the job. 
right? We have to remove, and I say this, we have to remove that fear. We have to remove that those uh, perceptions from the workplace. Everything must be reported. Everything has to be uh, noted. And anything that could be um, a hazard, if it's seen, it has to be reported. Why? Because if it doesn't prevent one today and it went five feet over your head, imagine if that chain or that hoist or anything. And again, I'm just speaking from various things that I've seen. Imagine if that hoist was five feet lower. What do you do now? Right? Somebody will get injured. So mentioning that, making sure it's open communication, having those lines of communication is very, and reporting uh, channels, uh, keeping those channels open and clear are very, very important, right? Um, we also want to have as much as possible training and, and we say this, everybody does some sort of training. Everybody has the lineouts in the morning and their safety meetings before they start their shift. We see it in every organization. So how much training are they actually getting on the actual work they're going to be doing? If they're using new tools, if they're using a new process, if there's going to be uh, a, a new uh, equipment. Are they getting properly trained? And I'm not saying properly meaning the meet the minimum, right? Plug it in, push the safety off, and pull the trigger, and the drill will work. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying at a higher level, how do you properly use it? What is the proper way to handle it? How are you going to remove some of the um, vibration that will affect your arm? If you use it for one hour, uh, for five minutes, not going to be long term anything. But if you're using it for an hour or two in the day, you're going to feel that vibration in your arm over the course of time for the rest of the next 24 hours. And if you keep doing that every single day, you're going to feel it even more. And it might have some nerve impact longer term. So what is the real trend? This is the thing. It's the short term, the immediate term, the long term. What are we providing our workers to uh, be aware, to have the, the best training in the business, right? Now, the, in, for the work they're doing. The past process, next process in this step is use all the resources organizations should use and do use, I say for the most part, all their partners and vendors and manufacturers that they work with in the process. Superior Glove is just one. We are mm -hmm. one in the hand safety space. We are experts in this range. We've been doing it for a hundred years. Um, and we can call ourselves expert. We're, we're proud to say we're, and we're continuously learning. This is not something, oh, we're, we've reached a peak here. We are continuously improving, continuously learning, continuously understanding new processes, new manufacturing, new engineering, and then creating products to adapt to those. Mm -hmm. But it's all around, it, whether it's eye safety, footwear safety, FR, fire retardant, if it's chemical resistance, masks, uh, earplugs, ear, ear uh, protection, all of the fatigue protection, you know, with anti-fatigue mats or anything, high working at heights protection, right? What kind of working at heights is the right, what is the right equipment if I'm working on a scissor lift here? What do I do? Where, what? Electrical work, what? HVAC, work, all these different things. Right. We have to provide the proper training and use the, and I, and I urge organizations across the board, Use your vendors, use the manufacturer, use your resources. For the most part, this is the key point. We will work with organizations across the board. We will provide safety, we'll provide training, we'll provide product, we'll provide samples, we'll provide reports, we'll go and do assessments and do hazard assessments, risk assessments. And generally, now you will say general, I can't speak for every manufacturer, every industry. 
this is a service we provide all our customers. We don't even charge for this. You can pay consultants to come in and pay them tens of thousands of dollars if you'd like. We don't even do that as a manufacturer. This is our duty. This is how we learn. This is how we understand the marketplace. We are always wanting to be in front of our customers, understanding what they do, how they do. This is how we can provide the best product. And as a manufacturer, we are very proud of that. So these are some of the things. Use the resources you have available for the most part. And I can speak only for my for ourselves at Superior Glove. I can't speak for everybody else, but this is a service that we provide happily, gladly, at no cost to the customer. All we want for us, all our passion and our mission and our vision, hand safety, protect team members, help health and safety teams, reduce organizational costs of, e, uh, of LTI, in LTIs, remove that to zero. We want to see 365 days uh, in the year with zero with zero injury, zero reported, zero recorded. That's what we want to see on that quote-unquote board when we walk in. Mm-hmm. That makes us proud. That's what we want to achieve. That's what we want to do. But we have to work together in partnership with us, right? So again, I'm just going to say this in closing here. On this particular question here, use the resources available from the manufacturers and partners you have. We at Superior Glove Experts in the hand safety space, we're happy to come out and help and support and provide and partner up with you to better understand the risks and hazards and provide the best uh, safety um, uh, recommendations to help organizations uh, keep their team members safe every day. That's our mission and value and goals, and we're proud of that. Um, and are you seeing organizations make progress in preventing hand injuries as you as you go around? I mean, obviously you've been in the business for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are you are you are you positive about kind of what you're seeing out there? We are very encouraged by what we see, and overall, I will say absolutely. Now, I'm going to bring up one more point which we didn't touch on today. This is some of the balances we have to focus. Remember, a business is a business at the end of the day. There's costs associated when you're talking about safety equipment. I say safety equipment. There's a big cost if you don't do any safety, don't do any training, which we spoke about. Now we're going to talk about the actual cost of having this. There's a cost to this, whether it's gloves, hats, gl- uh, earplugs, uh, the wear, the, 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 uh, the uniforms they wear, whatever it is in their work. Uh, uh, what they're wearing, right, for a PP. There is a cost to this. Mm-hmm. And many companies have to kind of balance that. EHS is always in between procurement <laughs> and the right. bottom line. And, hey, we, our budget for safety is X. You can't just suddenly say, I'm going to explode my budget, right? We can't just go right. over and we just can't. Many organizations are kind of facing that fine line. We have to dance on that fence and make everybody happy. Keep our workers safe, meet and exceed uh, all the standards. Keep our, our But at the same time, we have to be uh, understanding of the cost. What we try and do and and what we want to encourage. So to answer your question, yes, we're seeing a lot of progress. Yes, we are seeing a lot of good work being done by health and safety teams. We can tell you from our perspective at Superior Glove, we go into many, many organizations of every industry, every vertical, complex processing, manufacturing processes, and we see all kinds of great work being done. And more importantly, they reach out. They want more. They want more, they have questions and they want more resources, more support. And really as an EHS team, you can't be an expert in everything, but you have access to us. 
right. feel free to bring us in and those will. So have we seen an improvement? Absolutely. Is there a long way to go until we have zero recordables? My answer is yes, mm-hmm. but we'll get there, but we'll get there again. Take the time to reach out to your experts, to reach out to your partners, reach out to people that do this uh, really for the passion of keeping you safe. There's no bottom line dollar for us here, and we don't send you an invoice for anything. All our invoice and what we sell, our paycheck is your zero recordables. If you have zero recordables, sir, we did our job right, and mm-hmm. we have the value, and we can show the value for us. This is a, our mission and purpose. If we can achieve that and help your organization achieve that, then we've done our job, right? So there's great work being done in the field, lots of new innovations in hand safety in general in safety. Be on top of it. Be aware of it. Reach out to your partners. Make sure that you're aware. There's no charge to bring us in, and, and many and many others. I'll speak for many others. Most probably, there's no 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 cost to bring the bring them in. Get your experts. Get your opinion. Get people to obsess. Get a second, third, fourth eye on your overall processes, workstations, hazards, risks. That's the way to achieve it. That's the way we're going to achieve zero. And if we're we're able to be a part of it, we're very proud of that. So great work to date but a lot more to be done and we will continue until we can show zero. All zero right. recordable, zero injuries. We're very proud of that. Thank you, Jay. Sounds good. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been great. You bet. It's been a pleasure. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a great day. That wraps up episode 180 of EHS on tap. Thanks again to Superior Club for sponsoring the episode. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.